Breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Glitter Boys. Continuing our dive into the core character classes of the Rifts role-playing game, we are once again on... This term's going to get a little bit old, but I'm going to keep using it. Another iconic class (laughs) of Rifts, the Line Walker. You may remember the Line Walker from the fantastic piece of art, the Blueprint, I believe it's called, of uh, Kevin Long with the uh, horned ley line walker with the kind of raggedy turban and the hand over his head and a glowing ball of energy as he's just pacing through the the, the electrical storm of raw rift power. Yeah, yeah that one. You, you may remember that. That was in the original Butts edition, and it was a fantastic print. And that is today's topic, the ley line walker OCC. The Leyline Walker is the post-apocalyptic Rift's version of a wizard. They are less about studying books and more about drawing power from these big blue ley lines which crisscross the earth in the present day of the setting. To steal a fantasy term is not like a, a summoner or a evocationist it's it's channeling magic it's it's channeling energy is, is what they do and they can learn more magic from other sources they're not limited in a way that you might think a dungeons and dragons sorcerer would be which has a set amount of powers that they get every level the walker gets those but they can learn more they kind of fill the role of the wizard in this setting but it's a whole new take on the acquisition and empowerment of magic they're basically an electrician of magic is 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 what they are they're like a a, a, a relay or a transformer a, a, a step down transformer from the the raw power of the rift to something you can use in the the material world yeah a transformer yeah i like that or an alternator <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of thing they they take that power and form it into spells They have quite an array of powers. Now, I think we should talk a little bit about magic and how it exists in the Rifts and largely the Palladium setting in general. Magic in Palladium games does not tend to be as powerful damage-wise than you might expect it to be in something like Dungeons & Dragons. Where, you know, mages are like the nukers. They cause so much damage. Sorcerers just like waylay armies and whatnot. In Palladium and Rifts, this can happen with with mages. But magic is a lot more utility focused. You can do damage. But at least at the beginning and even the middle levels, that damage is not going to be as impressive as somebody with a railgun. Agreed. It's not It's not the race to the fireball. Yeah, you're going to get a variety of spells that will cover a lot of different circumstances, and many of them are not combat spells. You know, 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons kind of reinvented the wizard as a controller type, they called it. In Palladium and Rifts, mages tend to do that more often. They tend to control the playing field more than just setting it on fire. There's many reasons that I did not 
indulge. I, I went straight from uh, 3.5 to 5. <laughs> there was no fourth. You were talking about what they get. They get a bunch of stuff. Not quite dog boy levels of stuff, but a, a pretty hefty amount right off the bat. They can sense ley line and magical energy. Yeah, they start like many of the more specialized OCCs in rifts. They start with a they come preloaded with a lot of special unique class abilities, a lot of sensory abilities like you just touched on. Do you have the uh, the butts edition over there? I'd like to compare and contrast. I'm doing it right now. They so there's not all that much difference between the Leyline Walker original and the Leyline mm. Walker ultimate. The ultimate gets a few more powers though. I will say this, you get two two and roughly a quarter of just freebie pages before you actually have to start spending things and making decisions. And two full page art spreads, which is nice. Well, you get uh, all the, the sense ley line and magical energies. Uh, you can sense nexuses, a rift, sense magic in use, which is helpful. Uh, see magic energy. And then you can do something called read ley lines. This is a power that just lets you know which directions it runs, uh, where your location is uh, in the length of said line, uh, where the nearest nexus points are. I like the electrical thought of this. This is like, this is an electrician to me. Well, yeah. Plus, they basically get the ability to patch into it and communicate. Yeah. Like, if there's another line walker on the other end or even a recipient capable of receiving messages, they can send mm. messages back and forth down ley lines. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And, of course, they can walk or drift or sort of float down a ley line. And it it starts off a pretty weak ability at first, but it gets more powerful as the ability to teleport down the ley line. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. So they get a new power in the Ultimate Edition that I just checked yeah? and they don't have in the original. And that is the ley line force field. They get kind of a protective ability to give themselves some extra MDC. It's not a spell. It seems to be a power yeah it costs them 10 ppe to summon it but uh, it can essentially stay in place the whole time he's on a ley line yeah and that's uh 20 mdc plus 2 mdc per level so that's yeah. a handy little uh that's a handy little bit of extra yeah. armor and when i say ppe dear listener i don't know if we've covered this but ppe stands for potential psychic energy it's basically your magic points Leyline walkers get a lot of it. I think we've talked about ISP, but not PPE. Yeah. ISP is essentially psychic magic points, whereas PPE is magic points. Chi versus mana for those of you who play WoW. Unless we get into ninjas and super spies where there is also Chi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they can also uh, take the, the, the power of the Leyline, use that to rejuvenate themselves, to heal it's a ley line observation ball. I've never played this, so I don't know what that is. It's it's a it's a it's an eye. Yeah, just send a big floating eye spell down, and it tells you what it sees. Oh, that must be what's in his hand there in the in the blue pick. Yeah, and if you are in the Rift Butts edition, another picture that is there that I don't think is easily found in the Ultimate Edition. If it is, it's later in the book. But there's another line walker. This one's in black and white. Another Kevin Long piece. Uh, he is also holding a little bit of energy in his hand. One thing I want to note here is that the line walkers drawn in the core book and in some of the extended books are all 
there's a little gag in them. So each of them has a kind of a ribbon hanging somewhere on its body that is inscribed with runes. Now, the runes have a direct translation in the magic section, or at least they do in the Palladium Fantasy book, and I think that they do in the conversion book. With it, Once you translate the runes, for example, the one in that iconic blue print, the runes say, lobotomize me. The black and white <laughs> one I'm looking at here in the Butts edition says, walk with me. And then there's another one later that says, evil eye. Oh, yeah, that one. Now, in the uh, the Ultimate Edition on 114, it also has what appears to be the same character as the blueprint. And he has the, the same sash that says, lobotomize me. <laughs> yeah. All right, where were we? Uh, they, can, <laughs> they can send messages up and down the line. Yeah, yeah. They get, they, get, they get front-loaded with a lot of these powers to interact with ley lines. And these are all pretty cool on their own. That added force field... That's pretty nice. Uh, I had forgotten about that in the Ultimate Edition. They also come with just this general knowledge, probably from their literal immersion in what is the potential energy of magic. They they gain an instinctual knowledge of magic. They are a little less versed in like ritual magics. They, they can certainly do them, but magic comes very easy. To, to them. They, they they literally swim in it. They walk in it. They talk in it. Yeah, and then they get a shitload of spells. <laughs> uh, they start with a buttload of spells from several of the early levels, not just level one of the Palladium spell list. A massive amount of PPE, a, a hefty amount of, uh, you know, OCC bonuses, giving them some boosts to their mental attributes and to the saving throws. They are quite capable characters they'd actually didn't improve all that much across ultimate edition signifying that even the original line walker was a formidable foe they do gain that shield power but they also gain a handful more occ skills at the beginning in the ultimate edition so i would say that all in all this character class from original was definitely an upgrade but not a huge one. Yeah. They don't have a lot of limits either. They can't do much in the way of electrical, which I think is silly in the skills. They will not let you take gymnastics or wrestling. (laughs) But, I mean, there's a lot of bonuses tied into the skills there. So while you don't get a bunch, like you you only get six secondary, and then... uh, the actual skill progression is a little slowed down. Like you don't get your next secondary till fourth. But what you do choose, you know fairly well. Like uh, cowboy nun, military nun, and most of the rest of it is is pretty open to you. Yeah, it's it it's a blank slate. In the yeah. ultimate edition, you do get more lore spells initially. The, not lore spells, lore skills initially than the original. But the rest of it is. <laughs> It's basically the same skill list, copy-pasted, which is just with a few updates to some of the names. There there does not seem to be any regression at all in this class across editions. Yeah. Now, if you are going to play a class like a Lion Walker, and this character class appeals to you, I think that this would be the good time to talk about something that they add in the Ultimate Edition, which is a spinoff of the class. I don't think this spinoff would be deep enough to warrant an entire episode focused on the discussion of it. But immediately after the Leyline Walker is this new character class called the Leyline Rifter. Right. 
They exchange some powers initially. They don't get the force field. Instead, they get like a hitchhike ability where they can tag along when someone else is traveling the ley line. They get a few additional spell options, although they start with fewer spells. However, the spells options that they get are quite heinous. You can look at the spell list of the Leyline Rifter and see some spells on here that cost them, for example, 1,000 PPE, 1,000 plus PPE <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> they are, they can get a lot of power that they can't immediately use. But again, PPE in Palladium it's your magic points, but it's also a fluctuating pool. The fact that the Leyline Walker gets a lot of PPE gives him a good foundation to begin to cast these spells. But the other assumption is the Leyline Walker is probably going to do their best to be near or at a Leyline as often as they can during play, which increases their PPE by multiples. So just look at their personal stockpile as a minimum, and it will only yeah. go astronomically up from there think of it as as an oxygen tank and the rest of the world that's not a rift is a vacuum <laughs> you know you you you're you're going to spend you're you're tied to your environment a lot uh we had a a walker in our last game or was he a rifter he was a leyline rifter yeah okay yeah but he spent most of his time just bathing in electrical magical currents and singing to it <laughs> yeah, so the Rifter is essentially a subclass of the Line Walker. They exchange some of the more general powers to give them a little bit more of a focus in rifting and a heavier focus on the lines and the nexus points themselves, making them less of a generalist and more of a a purist, we shall say, a ley line yeah. purist. They're also kind of open to meddling from darker forces shall we say yeah the the steve buscemi's of the elder god universe <laughs> just the things you really don't want poking around in your mind they, they spend a lot of time worrying about that and uh i didn't realize uh until i actually read this for this episode that yeah that's what was happening to martin <laughs> oh yeah well when martin brandon was talking about playing martin as a line rifter I was mm -hmm. reading over the character class and I read that last section about yeah, that last paragraph about that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, now what's this demon going to look like? Well, demon, whatever, vampire, who knows is the identity of this entity that we call Steve Buscemi has <laughs> yet to be revealed. I, I would like it noted uh, for those of you following along at home that NPC does a passable Steve Buscemi voice. I, I won't force him, force him to do it on command, but, you know, if you ask him really nice in the Discord, he might hook you up. I'll save it as a bonus to offer someone in case we get some kind of, like, you know, specials out there, which we've been discussing. We'll save that discussion for later, though. Yeah, that's basically it. It is a it, it reminds me a lot of the Mercedes Lackey take on a magic user from the Valdemar world, wherein it's, it's also a ley line in Nexus world. But everything is channeled directly out of that. One interesting thing about that world, which I think would be fun to incorporate into both of the, the subsets, would be not just the, the demons trying to break into your brain, but that channeling and using these things requires 
both a material focus, which is an, an expensive item, like a, a, a pure crystal, because impurities would, you know, not transmit the electricity as well. Or that if you don't have access to that, the, the physical aspects of routing that much power through your body does, in fact, damage it. It, it ages it. That reminds me of the Earth Dawn game and setting where mm-hmm. astral space was the source of magic, but in the setting it had been corrupted by horrors, which were what they called demons. And yeah. spellcasters could draw power directly from the astral, but it could hurt them because of that corruption. So they had to make these like matrices, these little shapes and whatnot that they filtered the magic through as they cast it, clearing out those impurities. Yeah. I think I think that's always a neat I, I, I don't think any power should be given in any game without some sort of responsibility and or price to go with it. It 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 it, it deepens the gameplay. And if if I were running uh, a Rifts game and someone wanted to play this, I would say, yeah. And every time you cast a spell, you get a little more gray. You get a little more wrinkly. If you want to play a role-playing game that has that already built in, I recommend checking out Dungeon Crawl Classics. Magic so, in that is brutal, and it can fuck up the caster. My, You've mentioned this a couple of times, and I'm going to go tangential here because, you know, it's our show. We can do what we want. DCC, as far as I know, was only, like, redoing modules. Are, are they now a different thing? I have some from about a decade ago that is just updated versions of old modules. Gotcha. All right. Here's how it works. DCC, Dungeon Crawl Classics, that title started as a line of old school style modules mm-hmm. for third edition, the Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. Some of them were re-releases of old ones, but most of them, I believe, were just new modules designed with that old school feel, but with third mm-hmm. edition mechanics. Well... At some point, they turned that into an actual new game based on third edition, but very much its own thing. There there are a lot of core third edition assumptions in it, but ultimately it ends up being kind of a meat grinder style play that third edition didn't really have. It was it's Dungeon Crawl Classics is the one where you make a group of zero level characters. Um, each player controls two to five zero-level characters. And the very first adventure is feed the entire group to the dungeon and see who comes out, and they get a first <laughs> level. <laughs> that sounds like Hackmaster. Oh, my God. There are Well, yeah, there's a lot of similarities. It doesn't have the intense mechanical complexity that Hackmaster mm-hmm. has acquired in its later years. Yeah. But DCC, yeah, it became its own thing. What's funny is that the old DCC line still exists. And I actually just saw, uh, not a Kickstarter, a a bundle of holding releasing older modules and bringing them back out. So now there's there's the two lines. There's the, the original DCC, which, well, there's the original Dungeon Crawl Classics, which was the line of modules for Third Ed. But whenever somebody refers to DCC, they are... Guaranteed to be referring to the game. game. All right, I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, sorry about that, Palladium, but... <laughs> One last thing, the tagline, the the motto for that game mm. is, let's party like it's 1979. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I do miss the unforgiving of stupid decisions that featured in that style of gameplay. It's like, no, 
you done fucked up. You overthought it. And you overthought it is something I've been struggling with a lot lately in Mm -hmm. the games I've been playing. Yeah. You can tell who grew up playing those modules in in our group. No, hit it before it can get to us. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, that pretty much covers uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. (laughs) So, yeah, the Lion Walker is a great character to introduce players to who want to play a mage. In fact, in the core book, it is the mage. There are a few others that have magic, but if somebody says, okay, this rifts thing sounds pretty cool. I want to play a wizard and you don't have the conversion book. You don't want to bring a character from the fantasy setting who actually is a wizard. The closest thing is the line walker. It covers all the bases and in fact, gets some cool powers to make them that kind of a post-apocalyptic wizard floating around with a gas mask spitting spells left and right. Yeah. Oh, he's also tethered to lightning. So that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This is, which episode is this? Uh, This would be episode 49. Ah, we should do something for 50. Let's definitely do something for 50. Let's do something for 50. Speaking of which... You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.